0: Good morning, reporting from the front lines of fandom. As always, I am Cosmic, lifelong nerd and aspiring genius,
1: and my co-host is... Chris Lee Stewart, writer, blogger, and Cosmic is such a diva. <laughs> it's taken us like an hour to start this episode. No, it hasn't! It's been because like 10-15 minutes! It felt like an hour. Because... She's so hot, but she won't take off her clothes, which has been the running theme in our relationship. I can't get her out of her clothes. And she's like, I want to lay down and do the episode. Why can't I lay down and do the episode? Okay. <laughs> for, for,
0: for everybody's information, it's almost 10 p.m. and I have work tomorrow. And
1: I was laying down to go to sleep when Christy emails me and like, hey, I just got up. You want to record? Not my fault. Uh, four o'clock in the morning, I was like, hey bitch, I just got up, and you're like, I just got home, let me go to bed. So we're both fucked up. (laughs) So, today we're finally talking about the Deadpool movie, and I say finally, because I, I mean, I didn't know you guys wanted us to do it, but, uh. Yeah,
0: we got, like, another ask just today, asking for you to talk about your opinion on the movie,
1: since you didn't get to do it when it came out. Yeah, like as soon like as soon as I was like, okay, let's do the episode. I was like, oh, we got a new message. It was like, can you talk about the Deadpool with me? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess I can. You got like some latent ESP going on, Christy. I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we don't have anything else planned. So if you don't give a shit about Deadpool. You probably want to skip this episode. But I don't think anyone listens to this podcast who doesn't follow my Deadpool blog. So
0: yeah.
1: Hi guys
0: although i have to say i don't know like i'm worried about how interesting this conversation is going to be considering i don't really think our opinions are going to
1: differ that much (laughs) i don't think so either but uh we'll, we'll we'll try to make it interesting and uh i want before we get into the movie itself i want to do a little bit of background because a lot of people have forgotten how this movie came to be and um They kind of, like, feel like it was just a miracle that popped out of nowhere. And, in fact, it was extremely hard to get. So, uh... And we have talked about this on the podcast before, specifically um, the whole thing with Rhett Reese. uh, Mm. Yeah, we have talked about that before, yeah. Yeah, we talked about when it happened. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Deadpool is a Marvel character. He's technically in the X-Men franchise, um... Even though he's not a mutant, and he's only been on, like, secret X-Men teams. And he appeared in the Wolverine movie, which was really, really bad. Did you see that one? I did not see the movie. I remember seeing, like, previews
0: and trailers and stuff, but I did not see the movie.
1: Well, it was bad because it was about Wolverine, first of all. (laughs) And I'm so sick and tired of that fucking guy. (laughs) Uh, but Deadpool was in it, and he didn't have scars, and he wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like Deadpool. But he was funny. Ryan Reynolds played him in the beginning of the movie, and he was funny. He had some funny lines. Um, he hit on some guys, so that was great. And then at the end of the movie, they had a whole different dude play him because they kind of scarred him up. Mostly, they tattooed him, and they gave him. Like like Wolverine sword arms, like they popped out of his arms. Yeah, and I remember like,
0: seeing I remember seeing like screen stills of that.
1: And, and and laser eyes.
0: Yeah,
1: and they like sewed his mouth shut. Yeah, and they completely sewed his mouth <laughs> shut, which made everyone really mad. When I when he, when I first saw him on screen and he had his mouth sewed shut, I thought, okay, that's kind of clever, right? Because he talks all the time. The joke was that we can't get him shut up. So I expected him to take his blade arm and cut his mouth open. And he didn't. So, yeah. Complete failure there. So everyone was super, super mad about that. Meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds got the role because he was already obsessed with Deadpool. Because, I can't remember what year it, is, but it was, but somebody was like, Hey, Ryan Reynolds, I think you like Deadpool. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And he, they're like, oh, here's some comic books. So they gave him a stack of comic books, and on the top they put... Uh, an issue of Cable on Deadpool. He opened up to the page where it specifically mentions him, where Deadpool is asked what he looks like. And he says he's a cross between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpe. So <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has become obsessed with being Deadpool. So he got on the Deadpool movie. Uh, I mean, uh, the Wolverine movie. And he was like, you know, fans are going to hate this. And they're like, no. And he was right. <laughs> so he's wanted to do it really, really badly. Now, what did you expect of the movie? The the Deadpool movie? Yeah.
0: Well, considering I follow your Deadpool blog, I kind of feel like I knew a lot about the movie going into it.
1: Well, you did, but I mean, you, also, you still followed my blog when we were doing, like, when they were just doing promotions. Yeah. And you haven't, I think it's important, you also haven't read the comic books. No. So, what was your idea of what the character was before you watched it seeing seeing the promotions and everything
0: i mean i don't really know how to pinpoint it but i i definitely feel like what was depicted in the movie was fairly
1: close to what i expected well i mean you're maybe you're hopeful because you haven't been screwed as much as other people have you know people that like x-men so going into the film uh people were worried like how are they going to make him is he going to be funny or is he just going to be annoying uh, how violent is it going to be? Can it be R rated? I,
0: I will say <clears throat> one thing that surprised me about the movie is there were parts that were like genuinely emotionally sad, and I'm, I'm not I'm not like a a crier, but there were parts where I was like slightly misty eyed. Like, if there were some really
1: sad moments in that movie. I'm glad because that that's Deadpool to me. To me, Deadpool is he's a funny dude, um, but this story is really sad and the stuff he goes through is really sad and and that surprises a lot of people like seeing Deadpool in, you know like little things online and then saying oh I'll pick up the comic it'll be really funny and then they're like oh wow this is really really depressing yeah that's Deadpool so yeah that was kind of my worry like how are are they going to make are they going to make him really depressing because they need to be. He needs to be depressing. I want him to be sad, uh, funny, but I also want him to be really, really sad. Because that's that's dead. I
0: cool. think they. I do think they had a, a nice balance between being like something genuinely like sad and slightly depressing, with something that's sort of like quirky dark humor. I yeah. think they had like a good balance of that.
1: I think so too. So the one thing we talked about on the podcast before this, before the movie came out. Uh, they were already filming it. They were, I think they were starting to. Um, Rhett Reese, one of the writers, uh, was asked on Twitter by one of my followers, Hey, uh, if... Do you remember d- who it was? I can look it up, but I don't know if they changed their name. Or oh, well,
0: that's true. I was going to say you could give them a shout out, but they may have changed their name. That's true.
1: I hate that. Why do you people do that? Why do
0: you keep changing your names? Says the girl who's changed her name at least three or four times.
1: In the in the last ten years. I have to switch up my brand every once in a while. God, people do it every year. Oh, new year, new name. Anyway, so they're like, so is Deadpool gonna be pansexual? And Rhett Reese did the hilarious thing of not knowing what anything is, and he was like, if I if I understand what you mean by like heterosexual and pansexual, then I'm like yeah, he's gonna be heterosexual. And so everyone dog piled on him, and. At that point, do you remember us having that conversation? I vaguely. To me, it seems weird that we now have the Deadpool movie where it was being, like, magazines came out where it said pansexual over over the top of the magazine. Cause, yeah, I, mean, I feel we, like... When maybe... we were doing that episode, and we were like, oh, oh God, this is going to be such a fuck-up, they're making him heterosexual, to go from that to him being this iconic queer character I feel like the, one of two things happened
0: so either there was a breakdown in communication somewhere along the line where Rhett Reese didn't know they were going to go that direction or he wrote it but that doesn't mean anything there could have been higher up people or other people who have influence over the script that wanted this in there and just hadn't read his version of the script yet and once they read it they were like uh the, this and this and that you know Or it could be that they weren't planning to do anything in regards to uh, his sexuality. And then they saw all the the fans being like, wait a minute, hold on a second. And then they were like, oh, gosh, we should probably address this.
1: I think that probably is what happened. Because we really did pile really hard on all of them. And it frustrates, you know, I'm happy for that. But it frustrates me that at this point people are like, oh, you know, see how nice the studio is? They made him pansexual. Wasn't even a problem. People really are taking that for granted and they don't, either they weren't in the fandom at the time or they don't remember because like even even me I was when I remembered like how hard it was to get anyone to admit he was pansexual and like I, I don't want people to think it was easy because it's yeah. it wasn't easy for us to get him to be pansexual and it won't be easy for us to keep him pansexual. Yeah, definitely. So besides that thing uh, going into the movie, people um, should know is that they kind of didn't have any money for this movie. Fox didn't think this movie was going to do well. Deadpool really failed in the Wolverine movie, and they've been screwing up the X-Men franchise so badly. They just thought no one's going to go see this Deadpool movie, so they they gave him very very little money in the end they only gave them uh, 53 million dollars which is very very small especially when you consider how much animation went into it Yeah, Uh, like every facial expression he has it's all animated multiple times so that was very very little money and throughout the movie they kept pulling money like uh, you start the movie with this 12 bullet thing you know, mm-hmm. where he only has twelve bullets. Oh yeah, to yeah. To kill a bunch of dudes. The reason they did that is because they were starting to shoot, and then they got a call, and they said, "Okay, we're cutting your budget like in half." <laughs> so they said, "Okay, we'll just do twelve bullets then."
0: Oh, because it's cheaper
1: to animate only twelve bullets instead of it's like hundred exactly. bullets. <laughs> wow. that was by the time we're done, there's only going to be one bullet, and then I, you have this. That's how it begins and the end of the movie. And I, we're not going to go over everything in the movie because I'm assuming you guys have watched it if you are listen to this. We're going to we're talk about themes more than anything. The end of the film, there's this big, big fight scene, right? Because that's how you end a movie like this. And he gets a shitload of guns, right? Yeah. And then they forget them! Yeah, and then he gets to the taxi with everybody's favorite character we'll talk about in a second. And he gets to the fight scene and he realizes he's left his duffel bags of guns in the taxi. He has no guns except for this little pistol and the reason they did that is because they got a call and they said, we're cutting your budget in half and so they couldn't do, they had to cut the whole thing out. That's amazing! That's amazing! (laughs) Yeah, so the whole reason the fighting was like that was because they got a call when they were doing it and they said, we're not giving you the money for it. So they had to scrap half the script.
0: That's amazing. Do you think, because it the movie did really well, so they're obviously doing a sequel. Yes, and they will. They'll they're probably
1: doing it now. Yeah,
0: they'll probably. I'm sure they're getting more money for the sequel
1: than they did for the original. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about the sequel at last. Okay. Did it seem to you when you were watching the movie that it was literally like on the budget of an independent film?
0: Uh, not really. I mean because I I mean how can I say this like I'm not I've seen independent films that I thought looked like they could have had a blockbuster budget and I've seen blockbuster budget films that look like they were done on a shoestring budget <laughs> yeah.
1: so uh, no it didn't really look like that to me I've seen a lot of people well most people were just like oh the movie's perfect but I've seen some people complain about the movie's pacing and stuff like that and people respond by saying you know a lot of the pacing problems were because again, they were on set and they got a call and said, you don't have any money. Yeah. You're not allowed to do anything. So that's why. So if you look at it in that light, the movie is a lot better because, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, cause it was funny. It was funny when watching the movie, when he gets this fight scene, he has all these guns and stuff, and then he just leaves him in a taxi. It's a very Deadpool thing to do. For- yeah.
0: I think it fit really well with the movie. I w- if you had not told me, I would have thought
1: that was completely intentional. But I think that's gr- that's great. I mean, to me, that shows... It's ingenuity. ingenuity. Yeah. And the I mean, filmmakers part, yeah. I don't know specifically the director, producers, whoever, the actors, but the fact that they could take all these horrible situations and turn them into their advantage was great. Because that, that was way funnier than him coming in with a shitload of guns. Yes, definitely. Since you recently saw it, and I just saw it a million times, so... You probably know the movie better than I do. Of course. Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> let's, let's do a quick summary of the movie. You begin. We open up. Deadpool is singing Shoop. Is that how it starts? Well, technically it starts with the car crash that you go through. Yeah, okay. Well, we're not going into that much detail. I want to, <laughs> I want to know, did you immediately start singing along? Not really? Oh my God! You're such a horrible person. Like
0: I know that song ish, but I don't know it as well as I know some other Salt and pepper songs.
1: I know, I know the whole song off the top of my head.
0: No, I know um, uh, "Push It" and like "Let's Talk That Let's Talk About Sex" song. I know those a lot better than I know that song.
1: Ugh.
0: (laughs) Well, to me, okay. The reason I bring up I did, I did start singing along when that when they played
1: um. What is it? X going to give it to you? Uh, uh, that song. Okay, so that you know.
0: <laughs> and I thought there was this one scene where they were doing like a montage and you could tell it was a song they made for the movie to sort of sound oh, like. No, no,
1: no, no. No? Actually, that was a fan song. That no. was made on YouTube years ago. And so they were like, hey, can we use, can we, and they put it on YouTube. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, they're like, can we use that in the movie? And they're like, uh, yeah. I thought it was like a parody song to like mimic like those weird like movie
0: rap songs they did in
1: like the 80s and 90s. No, the the great thing about the movie is there's like all of it is like has a story behind it. All of it. That is
0: so amazing. Like that is that is mind-blowingly amazing to me right now.
1: Could you imagine being that person?
0: I know! Do they get royalties for it?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, they're
0: probably rolling in money!
1: <laughs> okay, but back to salt and Pepper. The reason I bring that up is because this is the first thing that people have pointed to to say, like, oh, look, this is him being pansexual. Because the problem we have throughout the movie is people are like, he's not, he's not pansexual enough, and where is the queer coding? So... A big part of what we're talking about today is the queer coding in Deadpool. So the so it opens with the first example of queer coding. But to me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that because he's singing to Shoop, and he's specifically singing the line where he talks about how this guy has a great ass. Yeah. Do you think that's queer coding? It didn't. Well, I mean, it's hard to say because lots
0: of people sing along to songs about somebody of the same gender when they have no interest in people of the same gender so that's a 50-50 kind of thing to me.
1: I know that it wasn't intended to be um, hinting at his sexuality it was just because all the guys working on the film loved the song and they wanted to do music from the 90s as an ode to when Deadpool first came out Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. apparently that song came out when Deadpool made his debut so they picked that um, but a lot of people said, okay, that's that's a great example of how, you know, he's he pansexual. Because why would a guy sing a song about...
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure there are probably, like, very heterosexual men insecure with their sexuality that would not sing that song. <laughs> but I'm sure there are plenty of completely heterosexual guys that would have no problem singing along to
1: that song. So I still think it's a 50-50 kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that wasn't intended to be queer coding in any way, but it, it, you know, if you're look if you're doing a scholarly paper. It's you, something you could point to, yeah. Yeah. The other big one is also another, well, a couple of other big ones. Another song reference. Did you notice he was wearing a rent shirt? I did. Yeah, okay. So you have a scene where he is uh, with Vanessa and they're in their apartment and you're kind of doing a flashback and we'll talk about her in a second because right now we're just going over the music. And he's wearing a rent shirt. I actually didn't notice that.
0: Um, I think the, the reason that I really noticed it is because all those months ago, uh, I remember it seeing that like point being pointed out on Tumblr.
1: Yeah, people, I mean, and I'm going to say this and please hold your letters. I have never seen rent. <laughs> And because I have you, no interest in it. You don't like musicals, that's why. I hate them, I hate them, so
0: I saw the um like the movie version of it, so yeah, no, pass. I actually have, I, I I one of the women that I work with, she's into, like, local theater, and she said she has this idea to do a sequel to Rent, but she wants to make it, like, set in modern times and make it, like, very, like, gritty and realistic, and none of this, like, you know, um, happily ever after kind of stuff that happened in the original one. <laughs> she wants to make it, like, super dark and gritty, and I was like, she was telling me about her plot ideas, and I was like, wow, you want to go really dark, <laughs>
1: That means no nothing to me. I, for one, did not know it was not in a modern setting. I did not know it wasn't gritty. I did not know it had a happy ending. I know literally fuck all about Rent. Besides that they sing, which is why I'm not interested. So, uh, as someone who has seen Rent, uh, do you think that is uh, a good indication of queer coding? There are
0: definitely... LGBT characters in rent there's how can i say it like i definitely think rent and has a like a connection to the lgbt community but at the same time i feel like it's almost stereotyping to say that just because a guy wears a rent t-shirt he must have some connection to the lgbt community or even just because a guy is into musical theater he has he's like gay or bisexual or whatever like i get how you could make that connection but i also think to say that there's absolutely it's a hundred percent guaranteed connection is a bit stereotyping
1: yeah to me that was it it was it's more obvious of queer a queer coding scene than the shoop song but uh yeah yeah, but to me it was like too like spot on like to okay that's they're obviously you know trying to make a gay joke well that sort of thing but I mean, also, could have had, they could have
0: had him in, like, a, an, what is it called? Avenue Q t-shirt, or what? Uh, I think it's called Angels in America. And it still would have been,
1: like, a circumstantial <laughs> evidence. I, I think he should have been wearing, like, a cat's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, I mean, it made sense, again, as his character, because... And this is something people don't really know about Deadpool. I don't know why. But he constantly sings... Like he's obsessed with pop music and really popular music. So to me, it was kind of, again, kind of spot on. This is something definitely Deadpool. It's totally something Deadpool would do, is an indication of his sexuality. I don't think so, but is it queer coding? Yeah, it is queer coding. The other, and this is not a song, but this is about a shirt. Did you notice his shirt in uh, when he first met Vanessa? No. Oh, God, now I can't remember her name. Who's the chick from Golden Girls that he loves? Oh, uh, B. Arthur. B. Arthur, right. So, in the scene where he first meets Vanessa and they go on their first date, he's wearing a B. Arthur t shirt. And this is another fan favorite queer coding image of Deadpool because Deadpool in the comic is obsessed with B. Arthur. He loves the Golden Girls and he is in love with B. Arthur. He thinks she's super, super hot. And uh so it was cute that they put that in there, but golden girls often gets used as queer coding. Yeah, because
0: apparently it, it was or is um very popular among gay men. <laughs> and old women, I guess. And I women and gay men. And apparently there is this theory that like that they could potentially represent like different gay male archetypes. Okay. Same with, it's the same with Sex in the City. They, 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 people say that with Sex in the City too.
1: So, I don't know. I would be interested in reading about that, but I, okay. <laughs> okay. So you have these little, little things uh, that are just kind of like winks at queer coding. And the only, the only other real part that kind of. The pizza people. Yeah, that people point to as oh, well, they're definitely saying he's pansexual there, is the pizza boy. So why don't you explain that scene? Really explain it because we have a lot to talk about this scene because people really pissed about it for a lot of reasons. Okay.
0: So there's this pizza delivery boy trying to deliver a pizza to this kind of dude bro, douchebag looking guy. And he keeps saying he didn't He's completely bejazzled. He
1: has bejazzled jeans.
0: He keeps saying, "Well, I didn't order a pizza. And the guy's like, well, this is the address and all this stuff. And then they hear, like, a toilet flush, I think. And Deadpool, well, at this point, he's still Wade Wilson. Uh, He comes out of the bathroom with a gun. And the dude bro bedazzled douchebag thinks that he's there for him. Because he does slightly threaten him, something about, like, a poker game or whatever. And uh, he says that he's the one that ordered the pizza. He
1: grabs the dude bro's wallet and pays the pizza guy, and then it turns out oh, it was funnier than that because the dude bro's like, Here, take whatever you want, have my wallet, and Deadpool's like, Okay, cool. Yeah, he's like, I'm keeping this, um, you gave it to me.
0: So it turns out um, Deadpool is there for the pizza guy, not the dude bro. So he uh, is there because I guess this pizza guy has been like stalking this girl, and she hired Deadpool to like scare this guy into like leaving her alone basically and the guy the pizza boy is like oh yeah yeah I'll do it no problem no problem and they're all like kind of laughing and it's like okay great that's good and then at the last second Deadpool like grabs him by the throat and like pins him to the wall and I can't remember exactly what he says but it's some sort of like pun on words with about him being
1: hard he says because he tells him because when the guy is afraid that this mercenary is going to kill him Deadpool tells him, you know, I, I have a soft spot, you know, in my That's heart. That's it. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like, I, you know, don't worry about it. Everything's cool, ha, ha, ha. And then, you know, the scene drops out from under you, and he gets really violent, pushes up against the wall by his throat, and says, you know, you leave this girl alone. If you even look at her, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, I have I have a soft spot, but I also have hard parts. And then he look, He kind of has this look on his face like, oh, wait, that's not how I meant it to come off. And he, he was like, oh. And then he kind of reiterates that, like, did I, did I mean it to come out like that? And he's like, yeah. And then he kisses the guy on the cheek, and it scares the shit out of well, him. Well, he,
0: he's actually, he says something, doesn't he say something like, um, that didn't come out how I meant or something? And then he goes, or did it? And then he yeah. kisses the guy on the cheek. Which yeah. actually makes me think of, the, made me think of this fan-made youtube short film i guess you could call it that features deadpool it it was called like every tuesday or something like that typical tuesday typical tuesday and in the beginning scene deadpool's like tied up and then he gets out and the two guys that were guarding him he like you know beats them up or whatever and the one guy uh the two guards had like been teasing each other that deadpool thought one of them was cute and after he beats them up the one that was being teased about Deadpool thinking he was cute, he goes, he says something like, I still think you're cute, and then kisses him on the cheek.
1: <laughs> it made me think of that,
0: but a lot more creepy.
1: Yes, it was definitely meant to be creepy, and, it, well, first, before we get into what everyone's pissed about, uh, that actually is more or less a scene that was lifted from the comics. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was pretty much like that. The pizza dude came to the came to the door, and the guy's like, I didn't order it. And Deadpool's like, Oh, yeah, I did. And it turns out he's there for the pizza guy. And in the comic, he actually kills the pizza guy. Ah, uh, but in the movie, they did not do that. Uh, so people were really upset because they said this was the first of many rape jokes. So what is your? Do you first of all do you think it's a rape joke? And do you think it, it, they shouldn't have done it?
0: I definitely can see how somebody can interpret it as a rape joke. Um, I definitely think it implies the threat of sexual violence. Yeah. So yeah, I can definitely see how somebody could interpret it as a rape joke. But what were the other ones? Well, we'll get to those. Because <laughs> that's, that's like really the main one that
1: sticks out in my mind. So maybe the other
0: ones like just flew over my
1: head. Well, the other one... Well, okay, we'll get that in a second. To me, I, I get how it comes off. Like, it, is it a joke? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. When I think joke, I don't think just kind of like funny lines. But, yeah, was it meant to be funny? Yeah. Was it evocative of rape? Yeah. I liked it. I, I really liked it because the guy um, had been going after this young girl and threatening her And that was evocative of rape, too. So Deadpool threatened the guy by pretty much saying, how would you like to be raped? Mm -hmm. And that, again, is very Deadpool, that not only him going after child molesters, but him protecting children and women in general, and to not be okay with any kind of Sexual violence at all? It was it inappropriate, yeah. And he is supposed to be an inappropriate character. He's not supposed to be uh, a guy that's uh, super heroic and great. I like that. It kind of had this like vindicated feeling for me at least. It was I I, I don't know. That. I, did you think that that's wrong of me to feel that way? Like oh, I'm glad like he threatened him like that. Mm.
0: Not necessarily. I mean, I feel like to a degree, it's sort of giving that guy a taste of his own medicine. Yeah. To sort, and sometimes to get people to really like, take a hard look at themselves and how they're living their lives, you have to like tr- treat them how they're treating you, basically, uh, to get them to really realize what they're doing is bad. So to a degree, no. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to feel that, uh, the way you felt.
1: Yes, I've said a lot of people, and it kind of leads directly into the next, quote-unquote, rape jokes. Okay. Uh, so he goes to the young girl who's at a skate park, and he's like, here's here's a pizza, <laughs> which is cute that he kept the pizza. And he's like, and here's, here's pictures of the dude holding up a sign that says, I promise I'll leave her alone. And he's like, see, he... He's scared out of his mind. He's not coming after you. And she's like, "Oh my god, thank you, you're my hero." And he's like, "Don't call me, don't call me a hero." And he goes goes back to this mercenary club, um, which is, which used to be a nunnery.
0: Yeah, no, but no, it was like a girls'
1: reform school or something, wasn't it? Yeah, wayward, wayward, wayward girls. girls yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, I guess they don't say anything about nuns. In the comic, it had been run by nuns. Uh, well, because it was like Saint somebody's Yeah. thing, so
0: it probably was run by nuns, but it wasn't a nunnery.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So it, it's this school for wayward girls that apparently did not go well, and now it's a bar for mercenaries. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes in there and talks to... Very wayward people. girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he goes in there and you see Rob Liefeld at the bar and there's lots of you know lots of easter eggs like that and he goes up to Weasel and he's like here I'm not I I finished the job give that girl her money back I'm not I'm not taking the kids money and Weasel's like oh you're so you're so nice God you're so generous oh you're such an asshole and he I guess i don't know see if you can see if any way you can say just how this is a rape joke okay weasel's like okay so so what do you want and deadpool says i want a blowjob and weasel says oh god so do i and deadpool's like no i want the drink a blowjob and weasel's like oh, okay so he makes him a blowjob it goes okay and he has the waitress and deliver it to one of the other mercenaries mm-hmm. saying saying it's from a completely other mercenary yeah and so she brings it over and say oh it's from that guy over there and the guy gets mad he's like what what the fuck what are you trying to say what are you trying to pull and they beat the shit out of each other people have complained that that is a rape joke
0: oh okay if anything i feel like that is not necessarily homophobic but uh, uh i would say homophobic yeah point it's how it's like you know that these two guys i guess are homophobic and so you're instigating them to fight about that yeah so I
1: mean, is there any way you can draw the line between that and the rape joke though well yeah because
0: homophobia and rape aren't the same thing
1: yeah i agree I, to me i can't i i acknowledge why it's was distasteful for some people it was supposed to be it's supposed to be the pansexual dude You know, having these homophobic guys beat the shit out of each other. And that was funny. I like that joke, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I really can't. I I can't see how that's a rape joke. Because just offering a guy a blowjob, even though it's just a drink. Yeah, I don't see that as a rape joke.
0: I think that that's completely out of left field.
1: Yeah. So now we get into the huge issues, because then... Uh, Deadpool's like, oh no, they didn't kill each other. Boo. And Vanessa appears. This is the first time we see her and she is uh, a prostitute. And she's like, makes a joke about how he's, you know, blowing his whole load because he's spending a bunch of money. And so they start to flirt with each other and they flirt with each other in this very, very dark way. And why don't you kind of explain Do you know anything about Vanessa from the comic book? Isn't she somebody else? (laughs) Okay, good. So you don't know who she is. (laughs) Okay, so I think this is good because to me, the whole scene was like, oh, I know exactly what they're doing. But a lot of people who didn't know who she was thought the whole scene was really appalling. So for listeners. Yeah, she's, oh, she's, I didn't say it because I thought I, I didn't have the right person, but she's copycat, isn't she? We think. Oh,
0: well, in the comic book, isn't she? Or no? Technically
1: she is, but because she doesn't get mutant powers in this, people are saying, is she really? Yeah, she is. Okay. But they're kind of doing, like, the, oh, is she? So they can do a big reveal where she is. She is.
0: Okay, okay. So, he wanted me to explain what they do, right? Yeah. So, they basically are, like, going back and forth, comparing how screwed up their childhood and lives were and specifically like different abusive situations.
1: And the very first thing they bring up is, is being raped by uncles. Yeah. Like Deadpool, I, he says, you know, that he was raped by his uncle and she comes back in this very, with a cute smile. And she said, Oh yeah, well I was raped by my uncles. Yeah. And so they keep going back and forth about how they were abused as, as children Specifically, sexually, and at one point, Deadpool says that he he was forced to make child pornography. Did wait, and,
0: did
1: he? Yeah, the clown porn thing.
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, they do other things like, oh, have you ever had a cigarette put out on you? Well, where else do you put a cigarette? And out?
0: doesn't doesn't it end with um, Vanessa saying she slept in the like a
1: dishwasher box, and then Deadpool's like, you had a dishwasher? Yeah, so it's these two characters, first time they're meeting, and oh, you know, it starts because he's like, because when he figures out she's a prostitute, he goes, oh, you know, rough childhood, ha ha ha, and and then she goes, yeah, like, here's an example of something really shitty, really horrific that happened to me, and so he's like, oh yeah, here's something horrific that happened to me, and this is their way of flirting, and they go back and forth, sharing these horrific, really horrific things that happened to them as children and a lot of people really hated that scene. So how how did it come off to you when you were first watching it? Did it did it make you uncomfortable? Did you laugh? Well you laugh uncomfortably
0: <laughs> I did know about that scene from the the big hoopla that happened about it on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Um so I I went into it knowing that scene about that scene and during the actual scene. I was fine with it. I took it as like two people who use humor as their coping mechanism and it was fine.
1: Yeah, that's what it was meant to be. Did it come off to you as, because some people were were upset, I guess, because they thought the characters were joking. Mm. Like they were making a joke out of, of, you know, horrible things that happened to people. Well, Whereas so it was, they
0: thought that they were making everything up
1: yeah did that did that come across mm-hmm. to you that way
0: not really no I mean it like it, honestly it did not even cross my mind that they may have been just completely lying it didn't even cross my mind
1: I, yeah and people were saying you know it was a bad taste and uh, you know it was it, there were that were there were rape jokes there were jokes kind of about rape the joke was that they were not ashamed to be talking about it that they were kind of one upping each other based on their horrible lives like that was the funny part yeah what they were talking about wasn't meant to be funny yeah people were saying it was rape jokes which technically yeah because it was jokes that
0: but the joke (laughs) wasn't the joke the joke wasn't about rape but the joke referenced rape yeah that's that's the distinction The joke wasn't, ha, 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 we were abused. The joke was, I'm one-upping you by telling you my stories of being abused. So, yeah. And then I did see, like, on Tumblr, a lot of people who had been, like, sexually abused or assaulted saying that they use humor like that as their coping mechanism. So who is somebody to tell somebody else, you know, you're wrong for using humor to deal with this?
1: Yeah, most of the people who talked about it were people who, you know could relate let's say there were very few people and most of the people that were upset about it admitted that they had never been through any kind of abuse that they yeah that the characters were talking about
0: and And in some way it almost comes across it almost came across as like like when when if you like meet somebody for the first time and you realize you have something in common that you don't really have in common with anybody else so you start like comparing everything else that you have in common it almost came across as that, even.
1: Yeah, and the, I, I think some people that were mad were mad because they thought it was just a, a joke for the sake of a joke, whereas it wasn't. It, it wasn't. They're, that was their way of giving the characters backstories because it is canon. It is canon that they both had horrible childhoods that you kind of don't know everything about. Yeah,
0: and, you know, it's not only backstory. It's showing them, like, Bonding and flirting. Like, it's not, it serves multiple purposes. Yeah.
1: So, and some people who did know that said, well, okay, you have a character like Vanessa, like Deadpool, who has been raped, who's been sexually abused, who's been just the victim of all this violence and this horrible childhoods, and they thought it was gross that they were making jokes about it. And like you said, a lot of people were like, "Well, yeah, I had a really shitty childhood. A lot of that stuff happened to me, and that's how I deal with it too." To me, that was refreshing, but yeah. I can understand how it would how it would be horrifying to some people, yeah. especially people who weren't expecting it.
0: Yeah, or people who went into the movie not really knowing that that stuff was based on real things, like that that stuff
1: actually happened to those characters. I think and- a lot of people didn't know that those were. That that was canon. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, uh, not everything they said was, like, the child pornography, like, that never got mentioned in the comic books. We don't, there's a lot, mostly for Deadpool, you don't know the specifics of what happened in his childhood. You see little bits and pieces to know it was really bad. And he mentions being molested. And, you know, it's a, it's. It's a comic book for teenagers and young adults, so they're not going to go that hard. They're not going to. Yeah, that hard. yeah. Well, why we're talking about Vanessa? That's how you meet her. Do you? Did you find her likable? Yeah,
0: yeah, I liked her. Okay, did I you- liked, I liked. Um, well, I guess this is probably maybe jumping ahead, but I liked. Um, and basically like the climax ending of the movie. She actually participated in freeing herself Instead of just staying in that tube And waiting for somebody to come
1: let her out Yeah uh, I, I guess uh, before the movie came out The actress who was in Firefly Yes Who played a prostitute in that too
0: Yeah, interestingly, yes She was also in the updated remake adaptation of what is What was it called? V? About the, the aliens that are lizard people Disguised as humans and she played their leader.
1: Any that, idea you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's all. You. So uh, I know I know Vanessa from the comic book, and she was way different. Like she's a lot different than she is in the movie, and it worried me a little bit before because when the movie before the movie came out, the actress said, you know, um, she's not like a damsel in distress. She gives as good as she gets. She's tough. And all this stuff, and copycat Vanessa in the comic, she's really not like that. Mm. And people, and I think this is one of the big themes that I think I wanted to discuss with you because people were re- really, really love Vanessa in the movie. They love that she was tough and that she was self assured and she was you know, contentioners herself. She was fine with being a prostitute. That was her job. And it was also really, really great, which I completely agree that Deadpool was completely fine. He never had a problem with it. Once they got together, yeah. he was never like, you need to stop. He was like, that's, I kill people and she fucks people. That's just what we do. Yeah. Uh, Which, yeah, I really, really love that. In the movie guess yeah, she she has, You could tell she's been hurt a lot in the past because she specifically says she has, but she's also really tough. And in the end, you know, she she gets herself out of trouble. She she's trapped in this this chamber that's cutting off her oxygen and Deadpool sacrifices one of his only weapons because, again, he they took away all his weapons and he throws one of his swords to let oxygen in so she can still breathe. Yeah, and so she then and she uses the sword
0: to like cut her arm restraints off and then she gets herself out and then she ends up like stabbing Francis when he's about to when he's got Deadpool like pinned and cornered.
1: Yeah. So she she kicks a lot of ass and people really really like that and they really really praised how she you know wasn't like other female characters. I like I like Vanessa in the movie, but I also thought that was kind of unfortunate because I like her in the comic. In the comic, she is extremely sensitive. She really... She's forced to kind of stand up for herself and fight. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, when she's a prostitute, she's not really in that, you know, mercenary world. She's kind of... She's a young young woman. When she started prostitution, she was a teenager. And uh, she's very vulnerable and very emotional... And needs saving a lot of the time and not not just physically she needs, she emotionally needs saving. And I really like that because Deadpool also really needs emotional saving. And so you have these, these this couple where they're both just incredibly needy, incredibly needy and they need the other person to love them so much more than is even possible. And that's a lot of contention in the relationship because they both need love so, so much. And they're both so, so needy. Mm. And I love that because I love really sensitive women characters. I love women that are weak. I love women who, you know, can't can't fight. Because and I, I feel like it's because I grew up in the 80s and I was super into, you know, movies like the Terminator and stuff. Like I'm used to women being able to like shoot guns and protect themselves. But to see women who are, who are really vulnerable emotionally and honestly in a blockbuster film in, you know, a Hollywood film to me, that's something they don't really do. So when I heard people say, Oh, this is, you know, she's not like other females to me. It was like, yeah, she, she kind of is like every other. Female. <laughs> but I think if they had kept her, very, like like you were saying, very
0: vulnerable and emotionally vulnerable and needs saving and needs attention and all this stuff, people would have just said, oh, she's just another damsel in distress.
1: Yeah, but she is. And, <laughs> and that's actually, what you like about her? <laughs> I, I do because do the thing is, it, it doesn't come off bad to me because so is Deadpool. Well,
0: do you think it would have been possible for them to have her start off like that in the beginning of the movie being being? being very, like, emotional and vulnerable and needing to be, like, taken care of and needing attention, and then gradually progress that by the end of the movie, she turns into the girl that's getting, freeing herself and
1: stabbing Francis. No, because the story wasn't about her. Yeah. So you, it it would seem odd. So, like, I completely understand why they did what they did, because, I mean, it's an origin story, yeah, and copycat isn't always weak because she goes from being a prostitute to becoming a mercenary in her own right and she's not she's not great at it. She's not a great fighter, but she has she has the ability to change forms like mystique. Yeah. And so that's kind of how she, you know, makes her money, the big way she does. She does fight, but she's not a great fighter. But then again, neither is Deadpool <laughs> <laughs> Which is something again I love about Deadpool, which you don't really see in the movie, is that a lot of the times Deadpool's not really A great fighter and he's not very smart and he he's not a great shot all the time. He's not super great with his swords, but you make up for the fact that he can't die. So he it's really funny when they have him in fight scenes where he's just like, Go ahead and fucking shoot me, whatever. I'll just keep reloading, eventually I'll hit you. I mean you'll die of old age before I do anyway, so I'm gonna win. And like, oh I had the this super powered guy just jumped off the building and he's running away safely. I have to use the elevator or I'm going to bash my brains open. doesn't matter. I'll heal. So I'm just going to jump off the building and kill myself. Yeah. And I'm going to wake up in a couple of minutes. I, I love that. And I get that they couldn't do that for the movie because you want those really cool fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my question, if they did make her vulnerable,
0: Uh huh.
1: I I do, I think we've already agreed that it would make people upset. But do you think the story would have been as good? Do you think their romance would have been as likable? I mean, I do. Because the way, the way it kind of, she kind of makes up for how sensitive and weak she is in the comic is because he is just as sensitive and weak.
0: Yeah. I don't think her character was maybe as weak and sensitive as she is possible, but I do think there were moments where she showed like vulnerability and yeah, and and clinginess definitely. Yeah, um, do I think that they could have had her as exactly as weak and vulnerable as in the comic, and had it be
1: okay? Uh, well, I, I don't do you, know. Do you think the romance would have worked? Because people really, really liked their relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did you? I think it would have. I think it would have
0: totally changed the dynamic of the relationship because. From what we see of Deadpool in the movie, he doesn't really seem super, super clingy like you're, and needy like you're saying he is in the comic book. Right? Oh, he so is. So he, I think they may have tried to make Vanessa in the movie sort of similar to Deadpool in the movie, in that they are, they do have their like clingy, needy moments, but it's not constantly like I need you, I need you, I need you.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it would have worked to make her a little more as she is in canon, because they they would have had to up the ante with Deadpool sensitivity. Yeah, exactly. So, that's my next question. This was, you know, more or less marketed toward guys, because they didn't think women were going to see it, which we'll discuss in a minute, is not what happened at all. <laughs> uh, but, uh Surprise, surprise.
0: Yeah. Hollywood being wrong about what women like to watch? Hmm.
1: Crazy. Uh, But do you think Deadpool would have been as funny and badass if they made him such the, just the needy motherfucker that he (laughs) is in the comic book? And again, I know you haven't read it, but he, like, constantly, like, he's just, like, getting... I just I just really want someone to love me Will someone please like, If you won't love me can you just be my friend please I just, Oh my god please I need someone
0: I think it would have depended on like The tone they did it with Like if they did it in a way to still make it Sort of humorous I think it would have been fine But if they did it in a sort of like Oh look at poor sad pathetic Wade Wilson slash Deadpool It may have been a little trickier
1: Do you think it would have come up As, as ableist Mmm Because he does have cancer throughout the movie. But
0: if he behaved like that before knowing he had cancer, then no. Because you would have established that that's just how he is. I don't have a problem with Vanessa being
1: the strong female character, ball-busting character that she is. Um, But I don't agree that that this was something original. What I think would have actually been original is to see a male protagonist be as emotionally insecure and needy as he is in the comic books. I don't feel like we're anywhere near that happening, that being an actual possibility. Maybe in the sequel. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think Hollywood has the guts for it. Specifically, I don't think Fox has the guts for it, but do you, which do you think is, would be more, is more progressive? having, a hardcore female character or having a sad, sad, needy man. (laughs) I
0: think it would depend on the guy. And I say that because there is this sort of trope of like, loser schlubby men being with more attractive, in control of their life, women. Do you go? Yeah, you but no not Ryan Reynolds. That's true. That's why. That's why I say it depends on the guy. It depends on who the guy is.
1: I, I was, I'm talking like a, in like an action film though. Because if you're doing comedy, yeah, you've seen that before. Yeah,
0: I do. Th- in that case, if we're specifically talking like action films or superhero action films, I definitely think it would be more innovative to have like, a male protagonist who is sort of emotional and vulnerable and have the love interest, which we'll say female because so far they've always all been female, <laughs> um, have the female love interest be the one that's like, s- rescues him, basically. Yeah. Which nearly happened in this movie.
1: Yeah. So. One of the things that, do you think if they did make him as... Emotional and needy as he is in the comic do you think it would have come off as homophobic no because I feel like if they I did mean, write him like that I think people would say oh of course you know because the guy's not straight so he's like so he's all feminine because I think that's what people would say mm. if he was emotionally really stark they would say he's feminine
0: again I think it would just depend on the tone of it and
1: how they really did it
0: but Personally, I wouldn't – don't think I would think that because I don't equate being emotional with somebody's sexuality.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I wouldn't think that either. I am kind of – do you think that would be the, you know, sticking point for people?
0: I don't know because, I mean, I still don't necessarily think – I mean, God, maybe I'm giving people too much credit. Yeah. I I feel like when people make stereo – buy into stereotypes about sexualities – um, when the, when they, the stereotype that they adhere to for gay men isn't necessarily that they're emotional, it's that they're effeminate, which isn't necessarily the
1: same thing. So. Okay. Which you see Deadpool be very effeminate in the movie. I mean, you, when, even in the beginning where he's doing this fight scene on the freeway, he skips and he sachets. <laughs> And he doesn't do it consistently, but he does do it quite a bit. And, again, that's very much in canon. I actually made, a long time ago, uh, a post of just random pictures of him where artists just had him, this is how he walks. He, they have him walk in a very flamboyant way. Mm-hmm. The way Deadpool is supposed to move is pretty drag queen <laughs> And uh, they didn't do that so much in the movie. He walks just like a normal dude most time. But sometimes he does sashay. He does like to skip. He does, you know, make feminine gestures.
0: Yeah.
1: So, did that come off as a joke to you? Did that come off as natural to you? You know,
0: honestly, I didn't even notice it. So it must have been natural. natural. Yeah. Yeah. It did not even, it did, it did not, it's not something that stuck out to me enough to, to make note of it, so it must have just seemed natural.
1: It, it really came off that way, and I, I get that a lot of people might have just, you know, said, oh, it's supposed to be a joke when he was sashaying. Well, okay, everything he does is a joke, but he's great at sashaying. He, 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 can, he, can, he can do a catwalk. That's just Deadpool. <laughs> One of the great things about him is the way he's been drawn. Pretty much consistently is he's always in like cheesecake positions. <laughs> he's, like he'll constantly be like, "Here's here's my chest and my ass and oh my balls are hanging out and just <laughs> and just and like he, he's in the Avengers right now and he put stripper poles in oh in the Avengers gosh. mansion and, and so he he'll like do pole dances on them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean. <laughs> When people, people who say like, oh, Deadpool's so straight and he's so, he's so funny and he's so, well, not to stereotype here,
0: but every man that I have ever known that does pole dancing is not straight. <laughs> not to stereotype, but.
1: <laughs> well, Deadpool is not straight either, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah, that was great that he, yeah, he was pole dancing in the Avengers mansion. <laughs> See, write fanfic about that, you guys. There's so many great things in canon that you can write about. I'm, like, trying to teach a a pole
0: dancing class to (laughs) to that.
1: That would be... Oh my god, could you even... Oh my god, that would be so funny. If I could draw, I would make this... I would just be doing doujinshi all the time. Just ridiculous shit. So, one more character people had problems with before we get into the ones people really really liked is Blind Owl. So really? Yeah. So you explain who Blind Owl is from the movie.
0: Blind Owl is an older black woman that Deadpool lives with who's blind. I mean.
1: Good description. <laughs> <laughs> she is from the comic, and they did they did change her race, which I thought was it was really cool. She is white in the comic, and they. Caster is black, which is great. It would, I mean, a lot of these characters actually are played by people of color, like Vanessa herself. So that was really cool to see them do stuff like that. But yeah, uh, so she's in the movie. He needs a roommate because he's you know busy killing people for not money right now, so he doesn't have any money anymore, and uh, and he needs a roommate. So he specifically post on Craigslist that he wants a blind roommate because he doesn't want to see anyone to see how ugly he's become after leaving mm-hmm. the the workshop, and she is kind of hardcore. You know, she you don't know about her past, but you you can guess a lot about it because she she tells him how to get blood out of clothes. Yeah,
0: that was a she, funny scene.
1: She moons over how much she misses doing uh, cocaine. cocaine yeah that sort of stuff and they have a really cute funny relationship where they both give each other tons of shit um and in toward the end when he's going off to his final fight scene they have this really cute moment where he doesn't know you know what's going to happen so he you know tells her that he loves her and it was really cute and sweet and then they and then of course because it's Deadpool, he can't he can't you know resist. He makes a joke and says uh, he he left a map to the cure for cancer for the cure no he
0: said there's like a kilo of some drug buried yeah. somewhere in the house right next to the cure for blindness yeah and he leaves a map for her.
1: So uh, yeah, he makes really horrible jokes like that and people specifically about that joke, thought it was super offensive. Now, did he
0: actually leave a map? I didn't see him leave her a map. I thought he just told her somewhere somewhere in the house there's a kilo of coke or whatever buried right next to the cure for blindness. Which I took to mean that since there is no, well, there. I'm sure there are probably surgeries you can do for some types of blindness. No, since it was there, a joke, yeah. Yeah, but since there is no technically no cure for blindness, I took that to mean that he's lying about the
1: drugs as well, so it's just all around a big lie. Well, yeah, people weren't upset that he actually was giving her coke. They were upset that he was making fun of the fact that she was blind, which, by the way, a little funny thing to that, yeah. In the movie, you don't see him give her a map, but then it was actually just about a week ago, because there's still doing promotions for the movie because the actors have loved doing it so much, they're just doing it on their own. Um, the woman who plays Blind Owl, she posted a picture on the internet of her holding the map that he had drawn. <laughs> and it's so funny, and it's so Deadpool, the way it's drawn, but like, it's very cartoony. And you find out that he put the the Coke right next to the couch, so mm. I think she probably found it. Yeah. So people were saying that's super, super offensive, super ableist. I thought it was super, super funny. I'm not blind, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I I like, and we've talked about this before, I like really offensive jokes about disability. Um, Like, I love Family Guy. And people are appalled by that. And I, I like it because every time you see a disabled character, they're either inspirational or they're just really bitter yeah and when you have films and shows like this where you have disabled characters and they're making fun of them and even if it's at their expense some of the time it's still something different and to me i don't know it's it's jokes that i've lived with Mm -hmm. and to see them it to me i don't know it's like oh i that feels like actual representation that's the kind of shit people say and I don't know is representation of dis- disability so bad that to see people be horrible to disabled people <laughs> is like refreshing? like oh god I'm glad they actually owned up to how shitty people are to people with disability well and technically you've got
0: you could argue Deadpool is, has disabilities as well and he's making no, fun he- of another dis-
1: person with a disability no yeah he's he's absolutely disabled it's yeah, he has, uh, you don't know well it's kind of he how much it comes across on the film but yeah he he is cancer, people think he got cured he never got cured, he still has cancer and he's covered in, in tumors lots of the time and he, he's in chronic pain he's constantly in pain and he has a lot of mental illnesses and
0: you know there are people who are really 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 close friends and part of their friendship entails them constantly, like, making fun of each
1: other. Like, there are people who are genuinely like that. And I, Yeah, I, I love... I don't know. When my friends can make really good jokes... Like, I have this this one guy I went to high school with. He, um, he never made it, by the way, but he wanted to be a rock star. He wanted to be a what? A rock star. Oh. He was going through some realizations that it wasn't going to happen. And so we were having a conversation about it, and... I was trying to make him feel better, even though I didn't want to lie. Because, no, who, who actually becomes a rock star? But I was like, look, you know, no matter what, I'll always be your fan. You have me, right? So you're doing better than some people. And he made this really funny joke and that made me laugh for like a half hour. He said, yeah, the only problem is, though, that, like, if there is a fire at my concert, you're the only one who's not going to be able to get out. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know. I don't. To me, that that's it was like that relationship. That yeah. when they had that moment, it kind of reminded me of of my relationship with that guy, and it was really funny. And he said it because he loves me, and he was so uncomfortable in the situation. He was opening opening his heart up, and it was uncomfortable because I was trying to comfort him. <laughs> And that's the moment they were having. You know, he was, yeah. Deadpool's telling her, you know, I love you. And, you know, he had to cover it up with a joke. I, I, So, it, yeah, I loved it. I just loved it. But did it strike you as uncomfortable in the moment, or did you think it was? No, hard? I I did not find it uncomfortable in the moment. Well, maybe you're just a bad person then.
0: <laughs> I, I took it as that's sort of the relationship they have, that they... You know, give each other crap all, all the
1: time. Yeah. I'm, I guess, you know, since I'm giving little pieces away, an uh, interesting thing about Blind Out is you never, in the comic, you never find out what her past is because Deadpool was pretty unpopular for a long time and the comic book got canceled before you found out about her past. But she was actually just supposed to be the original Black Widow. Uh huh. And she, uh, in the comic, she's like his prisoner. She lives. She's his roommate, but she's there as a prisoner, even though she never leaves. She Why never... is she a prisoner? See, so you don't really know that, but uh, you start to find out a little bit. Then it gets canceled. What is it she was... like? Is she Deadpool's prisoner or yeah, dead a uh, Deadpool's prisoner? Yeah. Okay. Where he she's trapped in his apartment. She's not allowed to leave. So what you start to find out, but then it gets canceled. You never find the end of which they may pick up at some point, I don't know, is that she was actually supposed to be uh, involved in the workshop that made him, who made him Deadpool, and she had a hand in torturing him. So when he went back to get his revenge on people, she, you know, was like, no, absolutely, I have it coming, you should kill me. And that made him want to not kill her for a number of reasons. Hmm. And so they agreed that she would be punished in whatever way he saw fit, and the the punishment was she had to be his roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the I like what they did in the movie though. That he was just like, I'm looking on Craigslist for someone blind. <laughs> you know, it's really random, but I
0: I enjoyed all the random IKEA jokes.
1: <laughs> they, yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I li- I really like those 2 I like silly jokes. <laughs> just pointless silly jokes because of course they would need ikea and of course they're gonna argue about which thing to get and the different lines of things and nothing ever fucking works and of course she's blind and she's the one putting it she's together, together. <laughs> yeah so those are people's biggest problems did you find anything else in the movie that you thought was kind of problematic that we haven't gone over Okay, two things, and one of them is something that I remember reading about well on Tumblr,
0: and the other one, I don't know if it's a, a thought I had or if it's something else I read and just don't remember, and it's like in my subconscious. Um, okay. <clears throat> I remember people making a big deal about um, with uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead when Deadpool said something like, you know, I pity the guy who, oh yeah, for, what? Is, I pity the guy who pressures her into prom sex.
1: Yeah, and because he he at that point he doesn't really know what her powers are. Um, we'll talk about how she got in the fight in a minute because that's kind of funny um but yeah and he finds out she's super super powerful and beats the shit out of these people and his reaction is like oh my god yeah and then he says that line and people were really mad saying that that was a rape joke as well which again it's a joke that references rape but it's
0: not at the expense of the rape victim it's at the expense of the rapist which i'm fine with
1: yeah me too I look great
0: the other thing and I feel like it's a bit of a stretch but go with me on this okay. <laughs> um, at the point it's when um Francis aka Ajax and um the other woman what, what's her name Angel or something Angel dust. Angel dust when they have Vanessa tied up and Vanessa says some I can't remember the line she says but she ends it with um dickless addressing one of them as dickless oh, yeah. and she says to angel not you him meaning francis and you know i get that she's insulting him and basically you know but if you're dickless then you you've got a vagina so you're basically calling him a pussy which people could take offense to
1: yeah a lot of people um uh, mention that in the uh transphobic jokes the other yeah. one is when he—it's again with Angel Just when he's. Well, like,
0: but it's not even just transphobic. It's like it can be taken as misogynist yeah. too.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's transmisogyny. Yeah. The, the other one where people pointed to as transmisogyny is where he's tied up in the workshop, and he makes—he kind of misgenders her. Like, like. See, because I'm confused because they did so many versions of that scene and some of them made him into the commercials and then they didn't put him in the movie Mm. and then, I don't know, so he does does, in one version, in a couple versions he misgenders her by calling her like Jose Canseco and stuff. I don't think that was in the movie that wasn't in the movie and then later when you have that fight scene he wants Colossus to go up against uh, against Angel Dust because uh, he says to her, you're too much of a dude for me i I mean she's masculine i don't remember that being in the movie either at least not the uh, version i saw that definitely was yeah that definitely was was it yeah he says you're too much a dude for me that's why i brought him and she punches colossus and he goes that's why i brought her and points to uh i remember him saying that's why i brought him but i don't remember the part about saying you're too much of a dude for me right before that that also made a lot of other people mad uh it obviously stuck out to you because you mentioned it i don't know It's here's the thing both deadpool and vanessa are supposed to be um not nice people <laughs> so is it okay to have your protagonist be blatantly unlikable and say offensive things because we've gone over all these problematic things that Deadpool said Vanessa has said and people really mad about it i think but- i i think it i think it's okay to
0: have a protagonist say problematic things because that's human everybody says problematic things everybody does problematic things
1: i don't know it seemed like people like refuse to like them if they weren't perfect people
0: if they weren't what's the what's the the thing people say on tumblr um if they were not a cinnamon roll yes
1: yeah. <laughs> but you know that's not those characters. They're supposed yeah. to be. They're supposed. They're the bad guys. When you first see both of them, they're bad guys. Yeah. They're both mercenaries at the time. And then you find Wait, out. Wait, Vanessa's there. a mercenary at the time. When you when you first see her, yeah, because then you find out about the past in flashbacks. Confusing. <laughs> I know.
0: Wait, the first time we see her is when they meet in the bar. No, sh- I mean in the comic. I mean, in
1: the comic. Oh, okay. But I mean. In canon, in the original canon, they're they're supposed to be bad guys. Yeah. They're supposed to be people who you're not supposed to like, mm-hmm. kind of, sort of, even though everybody loves them. Um, and Deadpool especially, he's supposed to be a guy who, you know, he, he means well, but he's also not that intelligent. It's not that he's stupid, it's that he's pretty ignorant about a lot of things, and he... Yeah.
0: I feel like, you know... If you only ever let yourself like characters that are 100% not problematic, you're going to have a hard time finding characters to like. It's the same thing with, you know, any celebrity, any music artist, any actor, anything like that. If you only like ones that are 100% never, ever, ever problematic, good luck, you're not going to find anyone.
1: I have no interest in those characters. I mean, as for people, like, if they're actual people and they're saying, you know, shitty stuff, like, get your shit together. You know you're on TV right now. Yeah. Come on. But, I mean, as for characters, I want really problematic characters. Really problematic
0: characters. It is often more interesting when you have characters that are sort of in a gray area, where sometimes they do things that are okay and good, and other times they do really messed up stuff that's very bad. It's
1: more interesting that way. And it's fucking relatable. Like, yeah. where are you, you going to go with the story if you start off with a perfect character? Where is the development? Yeah. Unless you're making them into a terrible person, which I'm all for that. Let's take that.
0: Oh, devolving somebody into evil.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Do yeah. that. But yeah, to have a good character consistently be good, what is the fucking point of that? And... Because you have Deadpool who does do really inappropriate things, but he wants to like he wants to not be inappropriate. He doesn't want to technically offend people. You have great scenes like that one where he's going after all these minions and he attacks this one and then realizes it's a woman and he has this really great scene.
0: Yeah, where he's like, is it is it more sexist to not fight you or to fight you?
1: Yeah, it was really cute and, and so yeah, you had that in the movie and then you can get really great stuff in the comic where he's, he's chasing this bad guy who can shapeshift and, and the, the guy shapeshifts into this, into this woman and runs into the crowd and Deadpool's trying to get through. And he's like, stop that. That's not a chick. That's a dude. And way to say like, that's, that's not that the person's, you know, you know, tricking everybody. And this guy, this huge guy stops Deadpool and, know, kind of beats the shit out of him and goes on this long tangent about how trans people are victims more often than not and he's being offensive and terrible and so you have this really great, poor Deadpool he didn't mean anything bad but because he doesn't really think about what he's saying it comes off really bad and you can have really great scenes where you have characters explicitly say stuff like let's talk about trans misogyny yeah
0: I mean, specifically with the, the line from Vanessa calling Francis Dickless, like, I highly doubt she meant that in any sort of trans misogynistic way. You know? I don't
1: think she intended, but it is. It is,
0: but I highly doubt that's what the character thought.
1: So, because like, I don't think-, think she was supposed to come off as someone who is educated enough about that. Yeah. To know better. Exactly. That's the problematic stuff. Let's go into stuff that people. Really, really liked you. So you have Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Now, do you uh, do you like her name?
0: Yeah, I don't really get it, but yeah.
1: She is like this throwaway character in X Men. Like, she, what is what does Negasonic mean? Nothing. It means absolutely nothing. I mean, Mega Sonic with an M would make more sense. It lit. It literally does mean nothing. She was this character that you see very shortly and whoever I can't remember who was writing her at the time there's a song called Negasonic Teenage Warhead and again it doesn't make it, it doesn't actually mean anything uh, and he was like oh that song's cool I'll just name her that oh, God, and they they needed a really cheap character because they didn't have any money and they really wanted Colossus because apparently you have to pay more for the how popular a character is. so they took this girl that has like two scenes and then she's dead mostly and she had a cool name, so like, oh, we can get this chick called Negasonic Teenage Warhead for practically free and put her in the movie. I did think it was really funny at one point when Deadpool went to the,
0: the X, X-Men X mansion. And he's like, for this place, is really big. It's kind of weird. I only ever see two of you.
1: Yeah. I and mean, he literally says, it's like the studio couldn't afford more characters, which is great. It was fantastic and totally spot on. And so, yeah, so you have like this nothing character who kind of became a huge fan favorite. Yeah. She was cuz she was cool. And what people liked about her specifically even though she's completely different than she is in the in the comic. She is she is kind of dark and brooding in the comic, but she has like precognition abilities and this one they gave her like combat abilities cuz they needed Which, someone to fight
0: her power in the Deadpool movie makes more sense with her name because it's like an explosion, and that is a box. Vo- like that makes you think of like yeah. forehead. It makes
1: more sense to give her that kind of power. But it's kind of funny because in the comic, like it's like, you know, she was a teenager. So it was like, okay, you can pick your own name. So of course you're gonna be, you know, Because <laughs> yeah. everybody loves. There's this one character, uh, who recently joined the X Men, and he has the ability to, and because sometimes you just have. Mutation is very, very weird. So He has the ability to shoot golden balls out of his body. So, of course, when they were picking names, um, his classmates were saying, you know we're going to call you gold balls, right? (laughs) And he was like, please, for the love of God, I don't want to be called gold balls, anything but that. And they're like, nope, that's your name, buddy. So we have this X-Men called Gold Balls because... Does he- is it actual like, gold gold? That- see, that's my sticking point. They never explain that in the comic, and I keep waiting, because- If that was your- if that was your power, would you not just stay fluffy and just get rich? Yes! I would be shooting out gold balls all the time! Exactly. So, that's my big sticking point with him. Everyone's so obsessed about how funny his name is, never- no one ever gets to the point of, you know, he could be making a good living. Yeah. Huh. Uh, call me gold balls, but I'm rich as shit.
0: Although, that that would be very dangerous if somebody found that out, because they could, like, capture you and just enslave you
1: to make gold for them. I mean, yeah, but you're a mutant, so you're going to be enslaved anyway, so. Wow. I mean, they'll probably feed you. I mean, if you're, like, okay, you're like, yeah, I'll spit out gold balls for you every day. Can I have cable? Sure, I'll put cable in your cell. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad existence, either. Yeah, we're really off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, people really liked her in the movie because, and I didn't, this didn't occur to me as I was watching it, but in people's reviews, I was like, oh, that's true. She is very not sexualized. She comes off as very much a teenage character. Yes. And, yeah, she's, she doesn't dress sexy. She dresses very much as a brooding, you know, kind of goth teenager. Yeah. And everyone treats her like a teenager, like she's a kid, like, look away, don't look at me as I'm ripping my underwear out of my pants, which Deadpool does at one point, mm-hmm. and Colossus is her mentor, and he's, like, always makes sure she has food. Yeah, he's Colossus, Col-
0: Colossus thinks, acts like he thinks she's five years old. <laughs> yeah, which is adorable.
1: So, yeah, did that, did that strike you? To you? Because, yeah, when I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, unlike copycat, people are saying, oh, you know, that, that was really pushing the boundaries. It wasn't. She's just another Ballbuster, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, she actually kind of did was doing something that you don't see female characters do, which is to just be a teenage girl. Yeah. It did
0: strike me at one point, specifically with Negasonic Teenage Warhead and um, Angel Dust, right? That's her name? That they both don't necessarily fit the image that you would typically see of females in like action movies like this yeah like neither of them were like because rem- there's this weird thing where like even if it's like the female is like the main protagonist and she's supposed to be really like strong and a fighter but she's as skinny as a twig and somehow taking down 200 pound guys you know so neither of them are like skinny as a twig they're obviously they're not like fat or anything but they're not like a stick figure
1: no, Angel Dust is played by uh, Gina Carano, and she is, uh, she's a professional fighter. Yeah, she and she looks like it, and it she makes is sort of like that. Yeah, she looks tough as shit and go- gorgeous. And they really, they didn't give her provocative clothes. They gave her really, really cool clothes. I really love her clothes. She had pants, and she had, um, she had a corset kind of thing on, and yeah, it was yeah. really cool. And it was brown. It kind of looked like like, a little bit steampunky. Yeah, it did. It was, she, Her wardrobe was just so cool. And she is beautiful. And it's not like they underplayed how beautiful she is, but they didn't sexualize her at all. I know. And it did,
0: it, it specifically, that thought sort of struck me in, like, towards the final scene where they're all, like, facing off. Yeah. That they, have, they look like real people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, both of them absolutely do, because negative change word the actress who plays her she is incredibly gorgeous too um, but in this role they shaved her head and you know put makeup on her where she looks kind of you know just like a little more teenager you know she's and a little more gothic so they didn't make her they didn't make her up to look glamorous because if you look at pictures of her on the internet she definitely can look yeah super, I, feel super like, super sexy. I feel like i feel like they was... made her look like a teenager who's like fuck this i'm going to wear black lipstick yeah well I feel
0: like they they did a good job picking people that actually looked like they should be in those roles like Angel Dust at one point we see her like doing an underground boxing thing and she looks like a fighter like she looks like she is exactly she looks like a female fighter would look she doesn't you know sometimes you see actresses who are not fighters and are maybe have a little muscle tone but they are like they would be featherweights if not under but whatever's below a featherweight Trying to, you know, acting as if they're, like, these professional boxers. And not to say there aren't featherweight female professional boxers, but the woman playing Angel Dust looks like a professional fighter. And the the actress playing Negasonic Teenage Warhead looks like an average teenager.
1: Like, uh, Who is, I guess we should say her name, Brianna Hildebrand. Okay. Yeah, to me, the fact that Angel Dust is played by an actual fighter and she looks like a fighter it made the fight scene she was in so much better because then you have characters over in the mcu like black widow who her fight scenes are really cool she does incredibly cool moves but scarlett johansson is very thin and it i don't know because you have civil war where she has this really cool fight scene where she's just like he jumps up on this guy and she's punching down into his face where you have that with Dust too and it just Looks better with angel dust because it just looks like she's really hurting him.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean I've seen like video clips and stuff of like women who have trained in martial arts who are very petite and can through martial arts techniques take down opponents that are much larger than them. So it's not to say that it can't be done, but even like Scarlett Johansson doesn't necessarily have the body build of somebody who's been training in martial arts all their life or something, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, not to say that I don't. Yeah. Because you can have thin fighters. It's just that you never see, you never see women like Gina Carano. Yeah. And to have that was really cool. And it would be so amazing to see her. I mean, well, well, Negasonic Teenage where She's she's a very tiny girl, but to see and you actually see them go up against each other a little bit. Um, but it would be so cool to see a cast of more diverse females in a fight scene. Yeah, it it would be cool to see Black Widow and Angel Dust go up against each other. That would be amazing.
0: Yeah, especially since in the little bits of that I remember of seeing of Black Widow, she does seem to do a bit more like
1: martial artsy kickboxy type stuff whereas it, it works for her form like yeah. Angel Dust I mean she she is a brute fighter she's yeah. a tank So Colossus came is really adorable. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I
0: did I was very distracted though about how is he I mean he's a mutant yes but like was he born metal? No
1: and he can change out of the metal form. The problem was is they didn't have enough money.
0: Uh, and start? at one point, at one point when I believe it was Angel Dust was trying to strangle him and I, I thought, well, he's made of metal. Does he even have to breathe oxygen? <laughs> like...
1: He does, technically. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, his biology is a little confusing. But yeah, he can change from a normal guy who has skin to being completely metal. Uh, but in the movie, you never see him in his skin form because they couldn't afford that. They could picked one or the other, and practically all of the budget went toward making him because they had to show him be in his metal form to fight. Yeah. So they had to stick with that. And people complained, like, the the scene where you see him eating breakfast and he's in his metal form, they're like, that doesn't make sense. Why would he eat in his metal form? Which, yeah, you wouldn't normally see him do that. But it's kind of funny, though, right? Yeah. It was kind of cute. Um, he, yeah, he's so sweet, and he's. He, I just. He, oh gosh,
0: this like image just popped into my head of like, um, of Colossus being the Tin Man, and then who's gonna be the Cowardly Lion, and who's Dorothy, and who's the
1: Scarecrow? Red oh, Pull is Dorothy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which by the way that's also happened in canon. Deadpool once gets blacked out and he has a fantasy and he plays Dorothy. Oh, another so. that is
0: definitely a coded reference.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, in the comic it's there's I mean, yeah. yeah. It's heavy-handed. I mean to the fact where it's not heavy-handed. It's canon. Like it, you literally like him blowing dudes in bathrooms. It's I mean, come on. So anyway, Yeah, Colossus is super, super cute. I love the part where he's fighting um, Angel Dust, and her boob slips out. Yeah. And you don't see it. I love that. And he stops and looks away and puts his hand up so the audience can't see it. And he's like, oh, you... And she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. It's so sweet. And she tucks her boob back in and then punches him in the dick.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She had that moment, the opportunity, and she took it.
1: Like... (laughs) I love that. That was so great. And I ship the shit out of the two of them now. (laughs) Wouldn't they be the cutest couple? (laughs) Oh my god. So yeah, he comes off as adorable. And he is adorable, he is. Which I... I, It was funny to me. Because he, you know, he wants Deadpool to be a good guy and join the X-Men. Which in the comic... Deadpool would love to join the X-Men. He would, he he would, I mean, he has tried so hard to be in the X-Men and they just were like, no fucking way. I get how you couldn't do this movie with it, him wanting to be in the X-Men. Yeah.
0: I think it was, you know, we were earlier talking about having male characters that are like emotional and vulnerable and stuff. And I feel like with, Colossus came across as very like nurturing almost in like a motherly sense so that and was he's, interesting
1: he's absolutely like that in the comic as well he really really is and it's adorable I th- but I, the thing that struck me as funny is despite the fact that he is a very gentle soul and he's you know really nice and he's a painter and he's you know very artistic but he's like you know deadpool don't kill people he and someone correct me if i'm wrong but i but i started rereading x-men from the beginning he's the first one that breaks and straight up just murders somebody <laughs> well, the then
0: he's speaking from experience
1: <laughs> exactly that's what i thought the whole time was like come on tell him the truth just just say that you murder people all the fucking time
0: i mean if he's murdering people maybe it haunts him and he doesn't want that for deadpool so he's trying to tell you know, him
1: from experience. he doesn't like it that he kills people he tries not to but sometimes he just gets really pissed off especially if someone kills his sister which happens a lot <laughs> but you know, it's comic kind of, book, so she always comes back. I don't know why he's all mad all the time. <laughs> uh, one thing I this is to, this is totally another movie. Uh, the, but uh, there's this X-Men porn that just came out. I saw I I was going through Tumblr
0: and I like I didn't see it as it was happening, but I read your live blog of it. Oh my God, it's it <laughs> was so funny. It made me. And I'm not saying we should do this, but it made me think of early, early on in our podcast. I
1: remembered we need to do it. No, I (laughs) promised. I promised you guys that I would make Cosmic watch a bunch of porn, and we would do a porn episode. I think we should do a superhero parody porn episode. And I know you guys are into this. Send us messages. Do you want us to do it or not? What would you even talk about? Oh my God, I can talk for hours about how wrong Cyclops' shoes were in that porn parody I just watched. It would...
0: It I'm, again, not saying we should do it, but it would almost be funnier to just do, like, a live reaction of it. Like, record ourselves watching it live and just put that up.
1: I, do, I don't know if it would translate, because I think it would be mostly you covering your eyes. <laughs> like, I had to keep pausing, because I kept laughing my ass off. Um... <laughs> But what I was going to say is, another cute, since I'm telling you guys little things about the comics, another cute little thing is, in in this gay uh, X-Men parody porn, you have Colossus set up with Wolverine, which seems really, really weird. But I found, because again, I'm rereading all like the old issues of X-Men, in this one issue, you find out that he actually paints Wolverine in the nude. <laughs> um, so, yeah, canon. <laughs>
0: I've seen people ship things for less.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot less. So, yeah, I mean, great. So if, if that next time you're watching the Deadpool movie, just remember that, that you know when he's back after he having his breakfast cereal, he was back in his room painting Wolverine nude. I think that'll add to the movie for you. So I think the last thing that people were concerned with is about Deadpool's motivation slash mental illness. Because you saw saw the movie. You didn't see the extras. And so you have Deadpool. He goes in to this workshop. He gets completely scarred and messed up. And Vanessa doesn't know that he's alive. And he has a scene where he finds her walking down the street. And he's following her. And he wants to go up and say to her, you know, I'm alive. Hey, how's it going? But he doesn't. And he chickens out. And it was very clear to me as someone who's very familiar with canon what they were doing in that scene uh trying to indicate the to audience that, that he was beginning to have signs of schizophrenia mm. but it didn't translate for most people Did yeah you I, that at all no i thought i thought he didn't want to
0: you know go see her for two reasons ish um one, because of the way he just left in the middle of the night, and that's something that's hard to go back to somebody and explain why you just left. And two, because of the way he looks now, and he, I thought he was scared
1: that she would not accept him like that. Yeah, that was a sticking point for a lot of people, because I really read, like, mostly that he was scared because she didn't want him to go and it wouldn't yeah it would be uncomfortable to say hey i ran out on you ha 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 i'm back but would she be mad no probably well yeah she'd be mad but yeah would she get over it yeah um so it really came off as he didn't want to go up to her because now he was ugly
0: well and but and you know that that would play into uh, like you said in the comics he's very like needy and clingy that could play into that being very oh, yeah. insecure
1: yeah i mean that would that, that would absolutely you know make sense for him because he yeah you know, especially in the beginning, he has horrible panic attacks when anyone sees him and he constantly tries to cover his face and he's just it's a huge because t- you know they they made him look relatively good in the movie yeah
0: speak- yeah speaking of that, he honestly as somebody who has had eczema, he really just looks like he has a bad patch of eczema all over his skin,
1: yeah. Uh. They were really, really scared, specifically – we're getting a little off topic – but they were really scared, specifically, that it would scare off female viewers to make him
0: – I mean, seriously, like, do they know what women deal with every month? Like, I, it's, that is not going to be a thing.
1: <laughs> because, specifically, they, they were saying things like, well, you know, we're having Ryan Reynolds play Deadpool. So of course he has a built-in female audience, and they're going to come in, and if he's ugly, they're going to be upset and not like the movie and review it, view it badly. And so they made him look relatively pretty, normal-looking. Yeah, and you, well, you see in the
0: previews what he looks, what he looks like. So, you know, if if they had made him really look like he's supposed to look, and shown that in the previews, people would have had an idea of what they were getting into going into it.
1: I, that's not the way people think. I mean, if you have a job in Hollywood, you just don't have common sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Obviously. I, and it was funny because, you know, when preliminary pictures came out of his makeup, half of the fandom lost their shit. The straight guys were like, okay, cool, he has scars. The female, the gender and sexual minorities, we were all super, super pissed. Because yeah. we want him to look horrifying. Yeah. And, I mean... I don't know if the
0: statistic statistics still holds true, but I remember a couple, like, five to ten years ago, reading that a majority of audiences that go see horror movies, like, in the theaters, are female. Yeah. So, I mean, wh- I, I don't understand where, like, uh, and the entertainment media gets this idea that women don't like, don't like gross things or gory things, like...
1: It is extremely weird, because, I mean, I know that people even working on the comic were really surprised when they found out how many women like Deadpool, and some, I won't name names, but some, <laughs> which I could, by the way, um, but some people working on Deadpool specifically thought, you know, well, it's, why uh, he's not good looking, why do the girl, why why are girls like, oh my god, I would give it to Deadpool so bad, uh, like, oh, do you know he's really gross looking around, it, and it strikes me, it's so odd, because yeah, women... Watch more horror movies more than anyone else. Um, and specifically in female driven media like romance novels, uh, which are written mostly by women and read mostly by women, a huge, huge cliche is that the leading man should be scarred, should look ugly. Mm. People have this idea that women want a, a fantasy of this guy who's really, really hot. Whereas, in fact, when you have women writing stories for each other, they always make the guy, well, a lot of times, make the guy look really ugly. I think, I mean, I don't really read
0: romance novels, but I think, do you think that stems from this sort of idea of if you love somebody for how they are on the inside, it's a much deeper love than loving them for how they look on the outside?
1: It's a little bit, but it's it's a lot because... They, uh, they always make the guy look bad because of scars. It's supposed to be, like, he's such a badass, and he's, no. like so hardcore that he's, like, covered in scars. Other women either, like, fetishize him or or are grossed out by him, but I love him because of who he is. Mm. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, is it deep? No. It's <laughs> completely ridiculous, but I, I don't know why people don't know that this is what women want. They Yeah, they need to, uh...
0: It sounds like, like... Female romance novel writers need to start holding seminars for male comic book writers and movie writers, and be like, "Look, this is what women like. They go to movies. <laughs> Deal with it."
1: It would be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, because you have had a few romance novelists write comics, huh. but it would be fun to see if someone actually did like a romance comic book and came from the romance world and did it, like, j- legitimately like, as the genre. Mm. But I don't know that anyone would give the mu- I think <laughs> everyone would, would think they would fail. Like, yeah. no, women aren't going to read a comic book about an ugly guy. Whereas if you look on Tumblr every day, chicks are like, oh, God, you know that scene where Deadpool is, like, half his face missing? God, I masturbated so hard to that. Chicks are really into gore. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um. What the fuck were we talking about before? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, you have that scene where Deadpool is like, "Oh, I can't go up here because I'm so ugly," whereas you, you're supposed to understand that he's showing signs of at least schizophrenia because you he hears people say things about him, but you don't see people's lips move.
0: So oh, see- I didn't catch that. I thought I. I just thought. Um, I thought people were legitimately whispering about him, but they were doing it after he
1: passed them so he couldn't see them whispering. That's what a lot of people thought, yeah. And, yeah, as I was watching, I was like, this is not going to be read correctly at all because people are staring at him. They are horrified by him, and he then is putting dialogue to that, and he hears voices in his head saying, you know, he's ugly, he's disgusting. So, yeah, that was supposed to be the problem, that it wasn't just that he's ugly. It was supposed to be he's... He's realizing he's fucked up, and he's he's just completely not the guy he was. Yeah. Now, I made a popular post about this. Uh, I know you've read it. There's one scene that makes all of this make a whole lot more sense, and I really, really love this scene. But they cut it out because I've, I don't know why, because I guess it... Well, I know, because they didn't have enough money to make it go as long as they needed it to um but it makes all that make more sense because it it, people were really 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 annoyed with that whole thing so in the movie you find out because we just assume Deadpool leaves in the middle of the night yeah uh that's not actually what happens Uh, don't
0: you see we see him like crying alone in the dark out of the bed and then, like, Vanessa wakes up, and he comes back to bed, and then it's, like, two seconds later, he's walking out the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that actually wasn't when he left her.
0: Was it not? I thought that was when... Did, don't, they, don't they have the scene of him, like, crying, and then he comes back to bed, and then he leaves?
1: Yeah, and that's what they put in there to say, like, oh, that's what happened. Technically, in the original script, that's not actually when he leaves. Oh, um,
0: okay.
1: Because then... They they go on this and the scene is called Cancer World Tour where she because we see in the movie she gets all these pamphlets for all these places all over the world are supposed to cure cancer and yeah cure so she they do take all their money because they do have quite a bit of money that Paul makes a good amount of money the problem is is he completely blows it immediately that's why you never see him living well so he he takes her all over the world and they go through all these different treatments and so you have the scene where he's explaining this and he's like we're in mexico now and this is our last ditch effort um he's going in for psychic surgery which you don't know at the time and uh he's completely miserable and beside himself and she's she has a lot of hope and he really doesn't, but he's trying to keep it up for her and just, you know, placate her because he loves her. And he's in this waiting room in this Guatemalan office and there's all these patients there with their family and they're there to try to get a miracle cure. And there's this woman who takes her son up to the counter and he very obviously has been going through chemo. He doesn't have any hair, he's very sick looking. And the woman wants to pay in pesos because she is Mexican herself. And the nurse says, no, you have to pay in American dollars. And the little boy reaches for a a lollipop. And the woman says, you know, that's gonna be extra. So Deadpool gets up and he slams the money down on the counter and he says, it's on me and hands the kid a lollipop and, you know, pats him on the head and he looks just miserable. And he, you, you know, Because he narrates the whole thing. He explains that he's just... He's done. He's done with seeing people being screwed over. He, all these people just dying. And everyone just sucking them for their money and everything. And he's just done with it. He knows it's all bullshit. And it's just too much. And he's sitting next to this older man who... was like, oh, you know, you're a cute couple. Good luck. Good, you know, hope things go well for you. And then they call him in. So Deadpool... He excuses himself and he follows this older man in and witnesses this psychic surgery and for those of you who don't know have you actually ever seen this cosmic i did like when i when i
0: was um reading your tumblr post when it got to the screenshot i knew exactly what it was
1: have you seen actual footage
0: of one though there was some gosh there was some tv show like a couple like years ago um that i i want to say was hosted by who's that it's, like, an old man with a white beard and glasses, and he, like... Santa Claus. <laughs> no, it's something Randy. James Randy. I think he hosted this. I can't remember for sure. But there's this... He's got this... Uh, well, anyway, he um, he's basically, like, a skeptic about things, and... i'm pretty sure it was hosted by him and he was basically debunking all these different like things and one of them was this procedure and he basically you know explains that they they say they're like you know pulling the cancer or the toxins or whatever out of you and really it's through sleight of hand and they're just like pulling like chicken guts or whatever
1: yeah, it's really it that I mean it's sleight of hand. They they say, Oh, we're reaching it sometimes they'll even here's a scalpel you can't fill out, they don't actually cut you but they're like, Yeah, there's an incision and we're reaching in and I pulled out I pulled out your cancer here, you can see it in my hand. It's always like, you know, chicken guts or something and and then they're like, Oh, and I'm healing you and so there's a little bit of blood smear, but they've healed the wound, so you don't even have an incision. It's this complete miracle and it's complete bullshit. It is I mean, to see it is, yeah. I mean, it's like a magic trick. I don't know how people do magic tricks. I know that there's a way they're doing them, Yeah. but I can't explain them. But it's very much like that. You know, so Deadpool sees this, knows that, you know, it's fake. And so he waits for the old man to leave. And the old man's like, oh, thank you. You saved my life. And so, well, at this point, Wade Wilson, he comes in and he just looks pissed and he's he just, he looks done. And the guy's like, oh, you scared me. How long have you been there? He's like, oh, long enough. And so he looks down at this bucket filled with, you know, quote-unquote tumors. And he kicks it and says, you know, it smells like chicken. And the guy realizes, uh, this guy is really dangerous and he's pissed. So he reaches for a scalpel and Deadpool pulls it out and says, you know, that he already got it. And he just loses his shit. There's no jokes in this scene, really. Like, he tries to be snarky about, you know, his cancer. Like, oh, yeah, you know, cancer. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's no jokes. And especially now. And he just loses it. And instead of these, you know, choreographed fight scenes, it's just Wade Wilson attacking this guy. Just like and, a ball of rage. And he just stabs him and chokes him and beats him and there's blood everywhere and he's losing his mind it's not finesse it's not it's not a job that he's doing and the guy is not a fighter himself he's just this you know scamming dude and he can't protect himself and wade wilson is just he just murders him with his bare hands and bloods everywhere and he's he his eyes are just like dilated he's going out of his mind And, of course, they're making tons of noise, so everybody rushes in, and Wade Wilson kind of, like, comes to and realizes everyone's staring at him, and he's over this guy's dead body, covered in blood, holding this scalpel, and he sees Vanessa, and she looks horrified, because she knows that he kills people, but that's not the way he kills people, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: he lets out this, this sob, which it was just... I think if you watch the scene, it will make you cry. It was so... This sob that he lets out is so, so emotional. And he just looks desperate and he just runs. He just takes off. And she runs after him and she's screaming for him. And he's, just has to get away from her because he's realized that he, he's lost it. He doesn't... He's gone. And he runs and he hides and... That's when he then enters the workshop because he reaches into his pocket and pulls out the black card that he was given. And Ah. that's when he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'll do whatever now. So that is why that scene where he's approaching her. That's why it was more emotional than it came off because it wasn't that, Oh, she's going to see them ugly. It's that last time she saw me, I was a fucking psychopath and i am a fucking psychopath now i I'm, I'm out of my mind now you know
0: not to totally derail this but did at one point he mentioned like the different body parts he has cancer in was one of them in his brain uh, yeah okay so i know when people have like tumors in their brain and stuff it can lead to like personality changes and all this mood swings and all this kind of stuff do you think there's any possibility that like that is playing a part in his mental state not or do you specifically only
1: think it's like the early stages of schizophrenia we don't really know and in the comic it's very vague about that because he doesn't know uh he goes to psychiatrists quite a bit throughout Mm -hmm. the years and he has a very hard time getting diagnosed you don't really know you don't know if the cancer is contributing to his mental illness or it's the ptsd or if it's Mm genetic you don't all of it you don't really know and yet specifically in the movie yeah they're like you have cancer here here and here in in the comic it spreads throughout his whole body Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which is because the reason he's immortal is because he gets the healing factor but most people it would kill them because it the cells overwork themselves um but because he has this his cells kind of killing him He's kind of in a regulated state, which is why he's immortal. Yeah. And so he has cancer all throughout his body. But specifically, um, the last thing I want to talk about in this movie before we, you know, wrap up and maybe talk about what they're going to do in the next one. So they had that marathon sex scene. Yeah. Specifically, where you see Deadpool being pegged. Yes. And apparently, a lot of people didn't know what pegging was. (laughs) I didn't know that people didn't know. Yeah, I
0: don't know when or how I came to know what it is, but I knew what it is. I can't remember how I know, or but I, I know.
1: <laughs> but apparently, it, uh, it was news to a lot of people. And in, in the movie, he, he's being pegged by Vanessa, and he expresses that... Uh, he starts saying, ow, ow. And people said, okay, that's rape. She just raped him. No they were consenting and she you don't see her still going she yeah. stops yeah come on don't don't do that but um people then said well you know mostly straight dudes are like look he, he's not gay because he doesn't enjoy anal sex and someone pointed this out to me right after the movie came out which i was like oh god that is really great fore- foreshadowing um one of the signs of prostate cancer is if you do engage in anal sex it can become painful Ah. like it hadn't before because people said it's weird for a guy like Wood wasn't that to be the first time he'd ever had anal sex which yeah it doesn't make sense that that would be his first time ever and it does not make sense at all but someone explained to me you know this is it's foreshadowing and it makes a lot of sense that yeah he kind of seems surprised that it hurts and Then you find out that he has prostate cancer. And so this kind of really funny scene becomes really, really dramatic. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I thought was good. So the movie did crazy good. Tons of women went to go see it multiple, multiple, multiple times. It was huge, huge amongst women, which um, you need, because even though they market a lot of these blockbuster movies toward men most people that go to the movies are gender and sexual minorities and unless you get them to go to your movie it's going to fail
0: financially
1: <laughs> but they never market it toward us because they just take us for granted yeah um, but we really came out and watched like tons of times so yeah you have them saying here's the sequel you know, we're going to do one right away. We promise you guys. So Fox now has on their hands a kind of a fuck-up with the X-Men franchise. They're trying to pull it around. They're doing a kind of good job since stages of future past and all that. But Deadpool is a smash. It's super high-rated. It's made more than any other R-rated film has ever made. It's still in the theaters. It's in Japan right now. It just came out there. So it's still making money. We really don't know how much box office money it's made so they have this project that they didn't give a shit about and the reason it got to be so good is because they didn't give a shit is everything they wanted to do in the film they said you know whatever we don't care we're just making money
0: isn't it what you what people call a sleeper hit i guess so like something that people don't really pay attention to they don't really think it's going to do good or anything and then it just like blows up that's called a sleeper hit isn't it I
1: guess. So oh, yeah, sleeper it. Go ahead. So uh, now we have to wonder what is Fox going to do? Obviously they're going to throw all the money they can at them uh, to make this sequel, but also they're going to be really concerned with making it make a lot of money, which means they're going to be even more hardcore about what they let them put in the movie because they let them really do whatever they wanted as long as they didn't spend money. So they got to make a lot of jokes that Fox yeah was like, whoa, what the fuck was in the movie? Because they just okayed everything. Because it didn't cost money to make those horrible jokes.
0: Yeah. So this kind of comes to my question that I was going to ask. So like, obviously with this sequel, they're going to have a bigger budget, and the studio is probably going to pay a lot more attention to it. Do you think that's going to hinder it? And I, I say this not only because I think it might, but because it makes me think of, did you ever see the movie 28 Days Later? No. Never? Nope. Okay, well, it was a zombie movie that was made in the UK in, I believe, the early, the late, early 2000s, I think? Um, I think it came out when I was in high school, so early 2000s. And it was, you know, a, a very English, like, British film, but it was released in the US, and it became, like, a you know, fairly decent hit among, like, zombie genre films and so um like i don't know a year or so later um they released a sequel called 28 weeks later that obviously had a much higher budget and was definitely uh seemed to anyway have been done in conjunction with like uh american filmmakers to the point where it it lost like that original like sort of slight indie film essence that it had. And it was very much just like an American blockbuster and it was okay, but it wasn't as like, it didn't have the same vibe as the original. It didn't have the same sort of like feeling as the original did the same tone. So do you think the movie now, the sequel having a larger budget and having probably more oversight by the studio is going to hinder it? Absolutely
1: <laughs> Um, but you know it's it's a little more complicated than that because yeah w- when Fox gets their hands on things usually they give it to Brian singer and then he shits all over it yeah so they make horrible horrible decisions wait 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 now that they're going now that they're invested in it and they're going to be paying attention to it and they're gonna be giving it all the money they can. Uh, which means, you know, instead of having really clever things like, you know, Deadpool only having 12 bullets or yeah. Deadpool having no guns in the ending scene, it, it's stripped of that creativity, Yeah. Um, that desperation that you get from it, which is very Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing that kind of gives me hope is that the people involved in it, like Tim Miller, the director, um, producer, Ryan Reynolds, the star producer. I mean, Ryan Reynolds produced it for free. He used his own money to make part of this film. Wow. Because it just... Fox wouldn't give them money. So you had a lot of people that were working for free on this film and... Or paying for it out of their own pockets. And so now they kind of... Fox accidentally kind of gave them a lot of power because... I don't know what happened in this meeting, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds, he paid for a lot of the movie just himself. Produced it for free, paid for a lot of it himself uh, because he just wanted it to be done right. Yeah. Because I guess he's a super big nerd. Good for him. (laughs) And now he's in this position of power because they need him to play Deadpool, but he's not under contract to. And even though before, they would threaten him, like, well, if you want if you want to play Deadpool, you have to do all these things. So he had to go along with it. So now he's in a position of payback. Yeah. So they had this meeting where Fox like, okay, we need to do a sequel. We really need you to play him. Uh, we want you to sign this contract. And he's like, okay, yeah, now it's my turn to fuck you guys over. So we don't know exactly what happened, but we know that he has an extraordinary amount of control over Deadpool mm. and as well as Tim Miller the director and they both are are the ones that kind of made Deadpool yeah. so realistic so well, realistic so like canon yeah so if it's up to them they would do him very accurately
0: yeah and hopefully you know even if the studio does try to like fight them on some things they can say well look we did it like this in the first one and this
1: is what the fans really like so i know but that's the audience (laughs) fox is so bad i don't think they would listen to that the the only i but again you don't know what happened in that that contract but you you know they he slayed them (laughs) so it's going to be really interesting especially because fox itself doesn't really want him to have A male love interest they haven't said that but do they want that no we know they. yeah Have ryan reynolds who's like yeah we need to give him a boyfriend you have tim miller the director is like yeah we need to give him a boyfriend you have tons of fans who are like give him a boyfriend in the sequel specifically cable everyone agrees it should be cable (laughs) because that he, he actually hooked up with cable Do you, do you,
0: oh, that reminds me, like, in the, in the ending credits of the movie when he, they, he suggests Kira Knightley can play Cable because she's got range.
1: (laughs) Tons of photoshops of her as Cable.
0: Okay, so, would you be disappointed if, in the sequel, the quote-unquote boyfriend that he has is Vanessa as copycat
1: as a guy? It, no, you know, I, I like, I love Vanessa. I loved her before the movie. I always, like, to me, like, that's who he should end up with in the end. I really like them together. I want her to come back to well, because she's dead right now. Well, kind of. She's not. We, we don't really know. Is, <laughs> is anyone really dead? No. I can see how people
0: would say, oh, that's a cop-out because Vanessa's, re- quote-unquote, really a girl. Even if, at the time, she's physically, like, shape shifted into a guy. I could... I could I can predict people would say, oh, that's a cop out.
1: Well, no. And you know, my argument is is he's pansexual. He's not gay. Yeah. You don't have to give him a boyfriend. In fact, you don't have to give him a romance at all. So if he just stayed with Vanessa, (laughs) to me, that'd be fine. And I would argue for it. Do I think they should put him with a, with an actual male? It doesn't even have to be cis, trans, whatever character. Yeah. Because, because you have this movie that changed the game. And so, unless it changes the game again with the sequel, it's going to be a failure. It may make a lot of money, but unless it can keep changing the game, I think it's failing itself. That's true. I personally wouldn't be concerned with it, wouldn't mind it myself, but I understand that it does need to be done. He does need to have a male love interest. And it definitely should be Cable, but... (laughs) Will do they would they take a character like Cable and make him openly gay or bi or whatever they want to call him? I don't think they have the guts to do it. So I I really think I think it would depend on if if they want to use Cable in any
0: other of their
1: well, they do franchises. they do because they want to do uh, X force so he's going to team up in X Force, and he's going to be leading X
0: Force. So, do you think, do you think whoever they cast as Cable for the Deadpool movie would be the same Cable they use in the, oh, the yeah. X Men movie? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, because it's the same universe. People are yeah. arguing about whether it is, but yeah, technically it is. It's just the universe. Because then you,
0: because than... then you fall into this category of where you're going to have a character that's going to be in an R-rated film as well as a what are the X Men movies PG thirteen.
1: Oh no no no! X Force is going to be
0: R rated too. Oh okay, because it makes me because if it was if it was um, like PG thirteen versus rated R for Deadpool, it made it makes me think of like um, in Doctor Who there was a character Captain Jack. Yeah. And he got like his own spin off called Torchwood, which was much more like adult oriented, shall we say? The, but it had the same writer, and the writer always said, "You know, you're never gonna see the doctor show up on Torchwood because Torchwood is for adults, and we don't want children watching it." So,
1: it, that's kind of the same thing that's going on with Deadpool right now. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, we really want to put in the X-Men because because we want X-Men movies to get better ratings and people go see X-Men, but you can't have Deadpool around the X-Men kids because he needs to keep his goddamn mouth shut around those children, and he can't." <laughs> They could just, uh, every time he wants to, like, curse or say something inappropriate, just, like, put a, like a,
0: like a rubber duck or something over his mouth. <laughs> like a
1: little like well, cartoon-stylized drawing just over his mouth. I think it would be hilarious if they just bleeped him out. Yeah. Why couldn't they? Because they, you could keep it, like, PG-13 and have him all his normal and just bleep it out. It would be hilarious. Bleep it and pixelate his mouth. Yeah, that would be funny to me. Whatever, though, but... No, you can't do it like you do it on TV, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So what do I think is going to happen? I think he'll probably just flirt with a guy. Mm. Can we have more? Yeah. And that's only if fans demand that we have more. But the problem is, like I said before, everyone kind of has this idea that Deadpool was kind of just given to us as pansexual. Whereas we had to really, really fight for it. So now we're in a position where we really... Like, if we really pushed it, because we got this much, we turned him from heterosexual (laughs) into what he is now. If we pushed it right now as they're doing the script, we could totally have him be with Gable in a huge romantic relationship uh, because everyone working on it is for it. We just have to convince Fox that we would pay money for it. And we're halfway there. But the problem is no one's really fighting for that. No, there's no hashtag, you know, was this hashtag of give Captain American a boyfriend. They're not going to do that. That's owned by a different company. That's Disney. Disney is not going to do that. No way. And, no. Uh, but you have the opportunity with Deadpool and we should be having, you know, hashtags of give Deadpool a boyfriend because it's actually a possibility. And you, we only have... A little group of people. We need to convince because we have everyone else on the board. but people aren't doing it because they now just take it for granted that Deadpool is pansexual. So they're just, oh, well, he's pansexual, so we don't have to fight for it. No, we really, really do. But it seems to me like it's it's becoming a lost cause of convincing people of that. So yeah. I think as fans, we're going to fail. And it's, it's it's almost worse.
0: like saying you know you've won the battle, but you haven't
1: won the war yeah yeah because it could really be doable i absolutely believe that yeah you could have the sequel where he gets together with table you could have a fucking sex scene between them i told i believe it could happen especially because you have the director and ryan Reynolds, the people who own it now because they really took fox to the cleaners because they got so fucked over yeah that it could happen but we have to convince fox and no one's trying to convince fox because everyone thinks it thinks it it it's over, the fight's over. It's not over. Yeah. So unfortunate. So yeah, when when the second movie comes out and people are pissed that he's not quote unquote gay enough, it's gonna be like it's your guys' fault. So, you know, you're not super into comic books, but you've seen the end. You don't watch all the comic book movies, but you do like movies. You know. So to you, as a movie, just unto itself, do you do you think it was good? Was it something you'd watch again? i definitely enjoyed it i especially liked all the like fourth wall stuff
0: yeah i would probably watch it again like if it was
1: on tv or something yeah okay so you would never put it on your computer or you
0: anything? know i'm not i'm i'm not really somebody who re-watches movies a lot I, i'm more Neither. i'm more likely to re-watch tv shows
1: yeah me too uh, so if the sequel comes out, is it something you'd be like, oh, I really want to see that, or just like, oh, whatever, let me know how it goes. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something I'd want to see. I don't know if I would get to see it in theaters, but it would be something I'd want to see. Because I think I think you're the crowd that people like, you know, Disney and Fox are trying to get. The people that are kind of like, oh, you know, I'm kind, of, I'd watch that, but I'm not like, you don't have my definite money. Because you, you don't have people... Because, like me, I'm definitely going to go see the movies. Yeah. Because I, mean, I have I'll, to I, I'll put it this
0: way. I would have seen the first movie in the theaters if I had somebody to go with.
1: Oh, See, that's why instead of moving to the compound, you should move in with me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think we both like the movie. Hopefully we went over everyone's problems about it. Uh, hopefully the next one goes really well and we can talk about how great it was and how Cable fucked the shit out of him and <laughs> yeah let us know more topics you guys want us to talk about and of course we'll do stuff that just comes up naturally feedback feedback is good that's the only reason for this. <laughs> feedback good no feedback bad yeah no feedback we don't do the show feedback <laughs> we do the show so it's all again it's all up to you motherfuckers so, Cosmic, where can they find you and, you know,
0: our company? As far as the company, it's goodmorningmedia.com, morning with a U, or goodmorningmedia.tumblr.com, again, morning with a U. Uh, I am at aka cosmic.tumblr.com
1: I'm at christyleestuart.com And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Let us know in the feedback. Bye. Bye.